How to supercharge your prayer life. How many knows what this is? I know my brother-in-law will. Well, it's a supercharger. That's what it is. And I had to look this up because I'm not a motorhead. And what do superchargers do? A supercharger is a compressor, wheel run by a pulley on an engine. The air then is directed through the intake manifold into each cylinder. By adding more air, we now have more room for the more fuel. In a nutshell, it forces air into your combustion chamber rather than just a passive intake. This gives your motor oxygen-rich air-fuel mixture, which results in added power and performance. It's also known as a blower. How much power does it add? Most estimates will credit a supercharger for a power boost between 30 and 50% over the car's original output. Now understand that 50% is a perfect world scenario, and a supercharger does sap some efficiency from the car. So on average, the supercharger adds a horsepower boost of about 46% of the engine's original speed. Here is what a Volkswagen looks like at the drags with a supercharger. Let's watch. That is, uh, it's kind of what it looks like when Diane pulls out of our driveway, but we don't have a Volkswagen. <laughs> These are good stories, Diane, so just rest assured I'm probably not going to embarrass myself today. This is no kidding. When we lived over in Illinois before we went into the ministry, 49 come up from Casey and we sat up on a hill. Me and the kids would be watching and she'd be coming home from work. And when she'd get on this gravel road, it looked like a stinking tsunami. That dust was just boiling. She'd probably be doing 70 on that gravel road. So we always knew when Diana Marie was coming home. So that was a good thing. This is amazing. In a quarter, a VW with a blower have run an eight-second quarter to top speed 160 miles an hour. And at Bonneville, top speed 205 with a blower. That's a pretty fast bug. So we asked this question this morning. Do you wish you could... Boost your prayer life by 46%. Well, you can. I don't know about you, but I'm, I can always boost my prayer life. Our text today is found in Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. It's short, only three words, but very powerful words with a powerful message. First Thessalonians 5.17, keep on praying. That's from the New Living Translation. King James says, pray without ceasing. Never stop. Keep praying. Pray without ceasing. Paul didn't expect believers to walk around with their head down or their eyes closed or on their knees or on their face in front of God. He expected it to be such a part of our life like breathing that we do it as we move throughout the day. And as we look around and we see situations and we see people, it, it, should, come, it, come, it should come as natural as breathing. Paul noted how important this would be for one's spiritual life, Romans 12, 12. Be glad for all God is planning in you. Be patient in trouble and always be prayerful. And then Paul said in Ephesians 6, 19, pray for me. As I say, pray for me. Pray for our pastors. Pray for our staff. Pray for our church. Pray for, for yourself. Pray that I can stay out of trouble. So that's, that's, a, good, that's a good prayer to pray. And I, uh, 
I have to apologize to my, my wife for all the times that I have done ignorant things, which is pretty much on a regular basis, for all the times I've humiliated her in public, and, and I am sorry. And I did it again two weeks ago on Wednesday night. So that's, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, I've learned my lesson. Confession is good for the soul. And this is just like a huge confessional booth in here. I can just air my dirty laundry because you guys love me and you put up with me pretty much. Diana Marie was standing in this exact spot after the video series as she was leading this class and she was quoting a, a Bible verse, but she was struggling with it. And me making this fatal decision said, is that from the book of Diana? Not a good move. Not a good move. <laughs> so I took it on the chin more than once, actually, because when Diana and I discussed that, I could see the tread marks of the bus still on her head where I'd throw her under it. So she was. Jesus told his disciples that they should always pray and not give up, Luke 18, 1. We should pray together in worship, spend time alone with God in prayer, and also pray to God throughout each day as the desire to rejoice or the need for help arises. How much does the need for help arise in your lives on a daily basis? Mine, it's pretty much constant. I have a three-word prayer. It's not keep on praying. It's help me, Jesus, and in all the situations sometimes. And when temptation comes, uh, help me, Jesus. Prayer increases our power to be believers who overcome this world's draw upon us. It's the only way that we're going to survive it's the only way that we can live in life, not as victims, but victors. We, we, have, to, we have to buy into that. D.L. Moody once said, God is not bothered by our constant coming and asking. The way to trouble God is not to come at all. And I hope that we realize that, that prayer should be like our breathing. No day is boring with God in it. We, we need to keep reminding ourselves, no day is boring with God into it. There, with God in it. There's too much to pray for. There's too much th evil going on in our world. It, it just should be, uh, you know, I've, I try to eradicate things out of my vocabulary, and I, boring is not in my vocabulary. I'm never bored. Being about half goofy helps too, but nonetheless, there's too much in life to do for God to ever use that word bored. I, I don't, it, I'd rather hear some four-letter words than that word. It just drives me crazy. Psalm 37, 23 God is interested in seemingly in insignificant moments in our lives. The steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. He delights in every detail of their lives. Every detail. The, the most important ones and even the, some that we see as minute. And did you ever realize as a follower of Christ that you can move heaven and earth with your prayers? Why? Because prayer moves the hand of God on our behalf. E.M. Bounds, a great pastor on prayer, said, The gospel of Christ does not move by popular waves. It has no self-propagating power. It moves as the people who carry it move. The people who carry the gospel move through constant prayer and dependence on God. So I ask you this morning, do you want to supercharge your prayer life? Here's five powerful ways to pray to supercharge your faith and have a huge impact on the world around you. The first one is this, pray mountain-moving prayers. Our prayers should not be limited to minuscule, unimportant matters. It's like it's been said, if God answered all your prayers this week, would it be change you or would it change the world around you? 
God is concerned sometimes with us catching the bigger picture as well as the one in our own circle, if you will. We serve a God who has said in Isaiah 59.1, Listen, the Lord's arm is not too short to save, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you. Jesus taught, saying in Matthew 17.20, I tell you the truth, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move, nothing would be impossible. We serve a mountain-moving God, a God who does impossible things on a regular basis. When is the last time you in your life prayed a mountain-moving prayer? That God himself would be the one that would have to move it and do it is not something that you could do yourself. You and I should be regularly praying prayers that are so audacious, so bodacious, that only God could accomplish them. What happens when we pray small prayers? Does that really require faith? Does that really require God to intervene? On the other hand, audacious prayers could never be accomplished unless God did something to do it. Our prayer life should rest far more on mountain-moving prayers than it would just the mundanes that we pray every day, and that's important as well. A farmer in South Africa learned how to pray mountain-moving prayers this movie, Faith Like Potatoes, this is a true story based on a man by the name of Angus Buchan. And you really see and you really behold the power of God in this, this clip.
It's not Hollywood. That's the power of God. That's, how audacious is that? <laughs> to go into a place and in a situation like that, and, and God answered that prayer. Only Jehovah himself can do that. He holds our hearts in his hand. He has the power over life and death. There's a th- but there's the thing about audacious prayer. We need to understand that audacious prayers are not always instantaneous. They require wrestling and doing business with God over a long period of time. I have heard many, many testimonies of people that had someone in their life they were close to that didn't want anything to do with God. And they prayed for years and years and years. And then finally that day came that uh, they gave their heart to Christ. So we never give up. Audacious prayers retain the possibility of great disappointment if God answers differently than you and I ask. But they are, they are honoring to God nonetheless. Second supernatural way to or supercharge your prayer life, as long as it takes prayers. Mark Batterson wrote in one of his books how we need to stop praying ASAP, as soon as possible prayers, and instead start praying late prayers, as long as it takes prayers. This is biblical. There's nothing wrong with God to ask quickly. David prayed that way a lot in the Psalms. But time, patience, and persistence sometimes is the way we need to pray. Patience is tough for me. I don't know what how it is for you. It's not an easy, easy thing for me. I want God to answer my prayers before I ask them because he knows them. But it doesn't work that way because prayer changes me. The book of Daniel contains a powerful illustration of Daniel's praying and fasting for three weeks until an answer is given. When we do things like that, it, it shows God that we're serious. How serious does God know that you are? You know, I appreciate there are some faiths that give things up for Lent. I, I think it's a sense of sacrifice, but... As we deal with God, he wants to know if we're serious about our life with him. If we really do believe that he answers prayer. If, if we, he wants to know if in our lives that, that, that we're really, really serious with him. The angel of the Lord tells Daniel that as soon as Daniel started to pray, the answer had been given from heaven, but there was a war in the heavenlies that caused it to take longer to arrive. I think sometimes we don't have a clue how much God is at work through prayers. So the prayer was prayed by Daniel. It was heard in the ears of Jehovah God. He sensed the answer. And this gives us a glimpse to draw back the curtain on the supernatural. And we, we, peer, we peer back in. We peer back into a world, this other dimension, where angels and demons come and go. So God sends the answer. And this is what Daniel 10 tells us about what the angel of the Lord said to Daniel. Oh, Daniel, greatly loved of God, listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he heard this, I stood up, still trembling with fear. And then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there 
with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. It shows you the power of the dark side that the angel of the Lord wrestled 21 days with the head demon in that part of the world. So don't kid yourself about evil in this world. This is an example of the power of persistent prayer. Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, so he took over the fight as the angel of the Lord came to Daniel. Jesus actually taught us to pray like this, Luke 18. Jesus tells his disciples a story to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And I love that story he prayed about the persistent widow. He goes on to explain the power of persistent prayer. God wants us always to pray and not give up. Keep on praying. We often want instant results from God, don't we? But patience and endurance, and matur- which matures our faith. The Bible has a lot to say about this. 2 Peter 1, 4 through 8, Romans 5, 3 through 5, James 1, James 1 2 through 4. Third way to supercharge your prayer life. My God can, but even if he doesn't, prayers. My God can, but even if he doesn't, I'm still going to love him. It's not going to alter my faith in him. It's not going to alter the way that I feel about him. I'm still going to love God the same. One of the powerful stories from the Bible, again, is from the book of Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Not bowing down to King Nebuchadnezzar's statue, the idol that he made. They miraculously survived, but nearly as surprising is what these men of faith taught us before they were thrown in. Daniel 3, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. And this is one of the things that David Jeremiah keeps bringing up on Wednesday nights. Is he didn't realize who he was talking. This was the most powerful man on earth in the known world at that time. All he had to do was snap his fingers or give a command, and it was carried out regardless of what that was. So these three Hebrew men, young men, stood and looked him in the eye. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, your majesty can be sure that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. <laughs> I think sometimes we need to stand and look the devil in the eye and almost tell him the thing, same thing. Devil, you can put what you want in my life, and I might fail sometimes, and you might be happy with what I do. But in the end, I belong to Christ, and I will gain that victory through him. You cannot defeat me. I think, I think we need to say that sometimes. I think it gives you some confidence, actually. A similar way to pray is like a group of pastors in the church that Diane and I served before we came down here. That's the thing about brothers and sisters in Christ. You get attached to people. And I, I love this woman who's in her 30s. She had three little girls. Well, she was diagnosed with cancer, and he was eating her up. And... Uh, she got down pretty frail, and uh, her husband said, well, Pastor, why don't you call the other pastors in town? We'll, we'll anoint my wife and gather around her and lay hands on her and pray for her. So uh, we did that. Because the Bible says that the prayer of faith will heal the sick. So we anointed her head with oil and, and prayed in the name of Jesus, and the next day she died. <laughs> You realize that's ultimate healing? When you pray for healing, I I want you to keep that in your mind. When God ultimately heals me, he's going to take me out of this world and I'm going to be in glory. So that then, then, a lot of times I don't 
think we th- but I understand that. We attach to people. Man, we want to hang on to people as long as we can because we love them. So when, as a follower of Christ, we, we pray for ourselves. As God's kids, we win either way. The victory is ours. It's not easy, is that 21 years ago today, Steve was involved in a tremendous wreck, car crash, and for all practical purposes, we thought he, we thought he wasn't going to be with us long. So, you see the agony that puts you in, and, and because either way, Steve is going to be all right. He was a follower of Christ, and he'd be ushered into heaven, and You see these things that affect us deeply. They don't ever heal. That's why I never say to anybody, get over it. There's things that happen to us, friends, we'll never get over. It kind of grows a scab over it, and then you talk about it, and it knocks the scab off, and you start to bleed. But I remember that night on my face in the chapel at Sarah Bush Hospital, and it was an agonizing night because he was caught between those two thoughts. Lord, take him home so he don't suffer, or... Leave him here for my family. You know, that's the way it works. But uh, God spared him. And uh, Steve, if you hold Steve up to a bright light, you can see through him because there's not much in there. <laughs> Spleen's gone. Appendix is gone. Kidney's gone. His liver was torn. <laughs> not long after that, there was two men that I knew in Mount Carroll that were praying with me, and they prophesied over Steve t- to me that God will use him to do great things, and he, ha- he has. He has. So I've always said that God called me into ministry to help start this church. I do believe that was, that was, my, that was my main thing in life, so I could die today and be, be happy because I've accomplished it. With God's help, I've accomplished that. So... Fourth way to supercharge your prayer life is blessing, not cursing prayers. Apostle Paul was, was persecuted quite a bit, actually. And he had people follow him around wherever he's preaching and would mock him and, and, and cause him trouble and almost, you know, try to get him harmed. And sometimes he got beat and those things. So it might shock you that it was Paul who told us, bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse, Romans 12, 14, it was a, he was reading the, repeating the words of Jesus with a sermon on the mount about that. But that's tough business, isn't it? You ever want to slap somebody? Ever? Man, I do. That's why I keep my hands in my pocket sometimes. No, not really. But boy, oh boy, you would just like to reach out and just put a light tender upside their head, wouldn't you? Because you get their attention and say, you realize what's going on here? But I tell you, you talk about um, behavior unbecoming to a pastor, that that's just about do you in probably. But anyhow, Paul said, don't do that. You pray for people. You, you, where you guys work or where you go to school, there's, there's probably bullies. There's probably people that harass you. Pray for them. It'll really help you. It really will. That's what Paul is saying to do. This can supercharge your prayer life. Even your greatest enemy or someone who has hurt you deeply, forgive them as often as needed. And pray God's blessing and mercy. I don't think Paul probably wanted to hang out with those people, but at least he prayed for them. Romans 12, 17 through 21 talks about this. 
our ability to let things go and bless others will keep unforgiveness from hindering our prayer life. Even how we treat our spouse and our family affects our prayer life. 1 Peter 3, 7. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat her with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. That's good. I think a lot of guys need to circle that verse. Need to circle that word. She is your equal. If you don't treat her as you should, your prayers will not be heard. That's pretty strong language, but I didn't say it. Fifth way to supercharge your prayer life according to God's will prayer. Prayers, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. When we pray those kind of prayers, we need to pray God's word. There's over 3,000 promises from God in the Bible. We need to pray them. D.L. Moody said, when I pray, I talk to God. But when I read the Bible, God is talking to me. And it is really more important that God should speak to me than I should speak to him. I believe we should know better how to pray if we knew our Bibles better. Listen to one of the Paul prayers that Paul prayed for the church at Colossae, Colossians 1, 9 through 12. So we have continued prayer for you ever since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you a complete understanding of what he wants you to do in your lives. And we ask him to make you wise with spiritual wisdom. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and you will continually do good, kind things for others. You see the outcome of that. All the while you will learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with his glorious power so that you will have all the patience and endurance you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father who has enabled you to share the inheritance that belongs to God's holy people who live in the light. Is this the kind of prayer that you pray? I hope so. And I wondered if we started to pray more of the scripture and, and, and doing these prayers, our prayers would become more powerful. Ephesians 6.18, pray at all times on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. It pretty much covers everything, doesn't it? Philippians 4, 6, and 7, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And then the text, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, keep on praying. Keep on praying if you're happy. Keep on praying if you're mad. Keep on praying if you're sick. Keep on praying in crisis. Keep on praying. You want to supercharge your prayer life, beloved and sisters of mine. Pray the Word of God and keep on praying. Pray mountain-moving prayers. Requests that are so audacious and bodacious that only God himself can answer them. Pray as long as it takes prayers. Pray my God can but even if he doesn't, prayers. Pray blessing, not cursing prayers, and pray according to God's will's prayers. And pray that these prayers and see what happens in your life. Lord, I pray today for each one of us here <laughs> that we really concentrate and examine our prayer lives, Lord, and I'm sure all of us can improve a little bit. And I pray for Marjorie's friend, Myrna, Lord, that is struggling to get out of this world. I just pray that you make that passing easy for her, Lord, as you call her name. And I just thank you for her friendship to my friend Marjorie, Lord. I just ask you to bless her too. This is turning loose of people's tough business. And all the other prayer requests here this morning, Lord, that's on our hearts and on our prayer lists. So right now, Lord, we believe in you. We trust you. 
We give you all the praise and the glory for we ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. It's like Angus Buchan in this second True Life clip from Faith Like Potatoes. Be amazed at the power of God. Let's watch. you desire when you pray. Believe that you shall receive them and you shall have them. What things ever you desire when you pray. Believe that you shall receive them and you shall have them. Simeon! Azitana Zela! Mvula manje! Aya, izumunu mvula manje! Ikobalga twas! Azitana Zela mvula manje! I don't want a can say, behold the power of God this morning. If you need prayer this morning, there's people down here that love you to pray with you. If you need Jesus in any way, feel free to come down.